Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha Acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in-store, now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets, Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day whenever you need it. I'm Doug Branson, joined by my good friend, the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. David, how are you? I'm great, Doug. How are you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> What's that? That was a bad man voice. Oh my God. You need some water? That was my Christian Bale. <laughs> I do need some water. All right. We, well, while you drink, I'm going to say this. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Head over to iTunes and search Locked On and find podcast on the NBA, the NFL, golf, fantasy sports. It's the fastest growing podcast network in the world. It's a really good time to listen to uh, Warriors, Cavs, uh, Jazz for some postmortem. Mm. If it's gotten to that point by now. Raps? <laughs> Raps, yeah. There's some. There's, uh, the Raptors recently did an episode with Taz Mellis, yes. which was really good. You should go back and listen to that. Uh, anyway, just a lot of good NBA stuff. In Tass that. is he's a cousin of our show because we have Leon all the time. Mm-hmm. The Ellis from the Starters, mm-hmm. Tass Mel's from the Stars on that one. So yeah, those guys are great. We got a good show. We're going to recap the season of Miles Plumley. Won't take us long because there's not much to recap, but there are interesting <laughs> things to talk about with Miles Plumley. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, a new segment on the show we are calling Pretty Cool with a couple of uh, pretty cool things that we've heard around the Charlotte Hornets, David. What's first? That's right. I think this one is uh, can't be stated enough. Very cool thing Cody Zeller did over the no, weekend. No, I'm sorry. It has weekend. to be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, the, well, the rules are very cool. simple. <laughs> we'll say very cool for an in-season uh, spot. Pretty cool thing <laughs> Cody Zeller did. Graduated college. That was weird, too, that Eric Collins was there and he announced it. That was a special surprise. Well, at least he didn't say this. <laughs> How did he do that? That's pretty simple. He got the grades. He did He did what he needed to do, got the credits, and he graduated. And you know what's cool about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty cool, I should say. Uh, Cody Zeller, I think on his Instagram, the caption was, plenty of people go to college for six years. Take that for data. <laughs> <laughs> da, da, da. They're called doctors. <laughs> um, I like that. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Going and back, you know, getting your degree, always pretty cool. And you know what? This uh, marks the second guy that I know of on this roster, Marvin Williams, I believe was the first guy to be a one and done. This is before the age of one and done's, but he left North Carolina after one year, went back and got his degree as well. So uh, I think that deserves a, a high five if you ever see those guys around town. Well done. I like that. And the other, I like the sound of that. That's right. And the other pretty cool thing was Thomas Davis, Carolina Panther here in Charlotte, uh, is a member of Team Jordan. So he gets a lot of cool stuff I didn't know that. anyway. And over the weekend, check his Instagram uh, page. He got a shipment, and it's almost every model of Air Jordan 1 through 31 um, Hornets-themed colors. Very cool stuff. Didn't this happen with Roy Hibbert as well? So Roy got a shipment of just like Jordan shoes. Yeah, when they when they made the trade, this is these are like from what I can tell, one of ones. They're all white and and white and white whiskey. 
What? Cool whip. What? What are you talking about? And all white, purple, and teal. Very cool stuff. Don't expect to see any of those uh, for retail, but you never know. They're pretty cool. Well, Thomas Davis is a season ticket holder. That's right. And a big Hornets fan, so he gave the Hornets a shout-out, and it's cool to see. I like that. You know, I like that when you have, like, the same teams in the, in the town, right? Sports he wore, teams. He wore purple and teal to the NFL draft when mm-hmm. he announced the Panthers' selection. I love it. I love the synergy. It's good. Um, I saw Ron Rivera in the airport, by the way, head coach of the Carolina what'd Panthers. You, what'd you do? I said, hey, Ronnie. <laughs> no, he, you know what's funny? He had the hat on, the sort of the classic Ron Rivera. The riverboat um, hat? The riverboat hat. Yeah. <laughs> well, not the – is it? No, it's like a, it's sort of a leisure. You've seen him at like practice and um, – like a, like a Panthers hat or like a straw hat. Not a straw hat. Uh, I can't. A sun hat? It's, maybe, yes. A bucket hat. <laughs> what was it? You're just going to keep saying types of hats. A, bo- a bowler. <laughs> a top hat. Uh, well, speaking of Panthers coaches, I saw John Fox this weekend. Last weekend. Oh, man. I didn't talk to him. I just let him be, though. That's fine. Yep. That's why I think all Panthers fans have just sort of are resigned. Listen, John's got his own problems in Chicago with Trubisky and oh boy, and, not, and look, you know, I'm obviously I'm a Carolina well, fan, is, but it's just the situation is very weird. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the NFL. We're here to it. talk about basketball. <laughs> Let's that welcome those are the, two. Welcome, welcome to the Plumley Review. <laughs> those are two very pretty cool things. Real quick, how long did it take you to graduate? Uh, five years. So it took me four and a half. I had to go take that victory, victory lap if you can. I think so. Yeah, it was. I had one more class that I had to take. I for some reason I just bobbled the credits. Super senior. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about uh, Miles Plumley here. He is the latest in our uh, player recaps. I want to start by revisiting the time of the trade that brought Mm. Miles Plumley to Charlotte because I think it's very important that we don't lose this context when we talk about Miles, especially probably a year from now when we're continuing to talk about this trade. Okay, so it was late January, early February. It was a point in the season that we keep pointing to as pivotal. Uh, It was a pivotal moment in the season that really sent it in the wrong direction. It kicked off the trade deadline, but it didn't get the credit for (laughs) kicking off the trade deadline. No, weird, right? (laughs) The trade deadline approaching, the Hornets had just dropped six straight games, including two devastating close losses to Sacramento and the New York Knicks. Before the streak, David, they were two games above 500. On February 2nd, they were staring at a 23 and 27 record. They would never get back above 500. They were free falling. Yep. So it was in that context that they made a move to shake up their front row, front court rotation. They shipped Roy Hibbert and Spencer Hawes to Milwaukee. What was the reasoning for that particular trade, bringing in that particular player? the best you could interpret it at the time. Well, I remember saying at the time they were trying to get more athletic and probably younger as well, right? They needed kind of a Cody Zeller light, which is how we described him at the time. And I think we were uh, bullish on the trade overall because we had been watching Spencer Hawes. We had been not watching Roy Hibbert as much because he really couldn't play. I mean, that's the thing you have to remember. Like, Roy Hibbert could not play two games in a row hardly, right? Like, so I don't know how much more they could have gotten out of Hibbert. Um, They basically unloaded, you know, two guys, but one physically able uh, position to bring back a guy that they thought could be a bit younger, could add some rebounding, could get some athleticism inside and be a guy that they could depend on to maybe uh, share some of those Zeller minutes and, and, and just get more athletic. But look, I mean, this is what baffles me about it though. Like if they didn't know at the time, 
they, they, I guess they soon found out that he like essentially wasn't in shape. Like he hadn't been playing at all in Milwaukee. That's what Clifford said the whole time. Like as soon as he got here, that was the that was the that was the odd part of the trade because it felt like you could if you need him to come in and be a difference maker. They did. They needed someone. Yeah, they needed a shot in the arm, and they asked for it from a guy who wasn't physically able. Right. Which I it sounds t- crazy, well, but it but does sound the, crazy. But at the same time, it's it's tough to evaluate that th- kind of thing in yeah. season. Like that, you know, Milwaukee's not going to send know. Miles to do, to run on the treadmill for them. You <laughs> kind of have to just sort of uh, yeah. make the best assessment that you can make. But doesn't that seem weird to you? It's very weird. Doesn't that seem weird to you? Just in and of itself, like, what do you mean he's not in shape? <laughs> like, if he's not, I get it. You're not playing, but aren't you practicing every day? Aren't you running around? Aren't you a professional athlete? Aren't you? I get it. It's game shape. It's different if you're not used to playing. But still, it's like to it's, be to be able to because the way they were talking about it was like, uh, like he, he can't do it at all. Like he can't go at all, which I thought was a bit. Well, it's odd. like it's like ordering something on Amazon, and you get the box home oh and you open God. the box and there's there's no batteries. Right. There are no, there's not the the cord that you need to plug in. You go, wait a minute. This is 2017. Why well, you you're not going to give me the cord? Do you not want a five star review on Amazon? Right. What are you doing? And it's the same kind of thing. Like, how could he not? How could you trade for a player that is is not ready to go at the jump again when you are free falling? I think that's what um, uh, definitely concerned a lot of people. But again, I think you have to understand where they were and and what they needed. They were losing close games, but they were look. They scored 107 against New York. They scored. 106 against Sacramento, 103 against Golden State. Offense was not the problem for the Hornets. They went 0-9 in overtime games, but you heard Steve Clifford time and time again saying fourth quarter defense, fourth quarter defense. That's why they traded for Miles Plumley because Hibbert could not give them what they needed on the defensive end, and Spencer Hawes, as, as we've already talked about, could not either. So they were looking for for a big that could play off the bench and give them some kind of... Uh, uh, defense in the pick and pick and roll situations late yep. in games, and he he was not playing at all in Milwaukee. So to talk yourself into that trade, you're looking back at his days in Phoenix when he really had a breakout year, right? Um, Again, and, you didn't and, and care got the about contract. offense. You could talk yourself into it because you didn't. You were like, look, if Miles gives us something on offense, great. We're not getting anything offensively from Roy Hibbert either. And you didn't give up a draft pick. But the thing that the sticking point for everyone, and even more so now, the longer he went without playing and the more injured he was, it was the length and the amount on this contract. I mean, that's what everyone is pointing to now. And so then he comes in and gets the right calf strain injury and misses. 16 games uh, between March 10th was able to get back in there very very late in the season and start to show something but then we just heard last week he had a knee procedure to clean some things up and his knee had nothing to do uh, as far as we can tell with that right calf strain injury so this was something wholly separate even more concerning I want to read something from uh, Rick Bennell beat writer for the Charlotte Observer evaluating this trade at the time said quote I'm really skeptical about this trade because of Plumlee's contract, but I know the Hornets had to do something to shake up the roster or the playoff pursuit was in major trouble. As reclamation projects go, Plumlee is a doozy. Patrick Ewing, this is all yours. Well, now it's not Patrick <laughs> Ewing's anymore because Patrick Ewing is gone. And there are questions about what who's going to be that guy that steps up for the Charlotte Hornets and uh, develops bigs. And they have quite a reclamation project on their hand because now you've not only have a player that was going to need some help anyway, but will be coming off an offseason knee procedure. Yeah, and 
at the beginning of this season, reclamation project was kind of the key phrase that we were tossing around because they've been so successful at it, right? So you felt good about the Roy Hibbert signing because of that. You felt good about the Bellinelli signing because of that, because things had gone so well with with uh, with Lynn. Um, and who, who who else am I thinking of this reclamation project prior to that? Well, you could count Batum in there yeah. because he had an offseason yeah. before uh, being traded to the Charlotte Hornets. Exactly. Uh, yeah, Lynn Batum, uh, Lee to a certain extent. I mean, upped his game. Are you going to be able to do anything with this contract right now, though? I mean, I guess you could. No. No. <laughs> no. Sorry, I didn't mean to burst your bubble you there, but no, you're, you are stuck. You have to cross your fingers. Yeah, I mean, I want I want to I want to say yes, but I have to say no because there is negative leverage with, with it was perceived Plumlee. as a bad contract before he got here. Correct. And so it was viewed negatively. Yes. Right, and yeah. then he has not done anything performance wise to live up to that contract thus. And it's, it's one of the new era contracts too, man. So yeah, you're, he you're, makes more than Kimba Walker. It would be stunning if they were able to move this contract in any way. I think you just have to hope that you can bring someone in, uh, to help uh, develop not only Miles Plumley, but they've got plenty of bigs that need development, including a guy we're going to talk about tomorrow, Johnny O'Brien. But uh, yeah, you just hope that he can improve and give them something. Although they're going to be searching for a rim protector because Miles Plumley, uh, not a stellar rim protector, so doesn't even really give you yeah that. Gosh, it sucks. I mean, if you're worried, you're worried about conditioning already. I mean, how well, luckily how he, he has this happen in the off season, the injury, yeah. and then you can. I you mean, know. how much? How much? Yeah, Mike, I mean, you got to do the rehab, uh, you know, to get ready for the season. But, um, I, you know, like the money thing is an, is more annoying. Like, I, I, it's not that big a deal to me. I mean, you're, it's it, it's not a great contract, right? Um, at the time, I was like, yeah, it's it's on the expensive side, but you had to get something done to bring in some athleticism and to change it up. Um, well, the so frustrating like, thing so like, is normally we could, in these situations, normally we could say, well, he got injured. That's unfortunate. Nothing you can really do about it. It's a, a freak injury type of thing. And, you know, you got to chalk it up and hope hope the contract bears itself out and he improves. But honestly, he kind of came in out of shape. Yeah. So you're questioning whether they could have used him effectively anyway. That's the head scratcher. I mean, yeah, the no. money is like third on the list for me as far as how annoying this this acquisition <laughs> is, honestly, because like the play wasn't there. He physically was not able, which is what you were trying to get rid of when you shipped uh, Hibbert out. So it's like it was just a total swing and a miss on and the- not something we've seen Really, on the trade market from Cho, like it was just a total swing and a miss. On the positive side, there's nowhere to go but up. <laughs> so we'll hope that uh, Miles Plumley can uh, get better six to eight weeks on that knee recovery, and then it's going to be uh, the focus will be on his development in the offseason. They're going to need him. I mean, that's the insane thing, right? We don't know what's going to shake out in the draft and potential doing whatever they can with uh, you know the avenues they have in free agency, which aren't a lot, but. They're going to count on everybody they they can. All right. Thanks for listening to this edition of Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, give us a five-star review. It helps hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tomorrow. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte like what you hear consider sharing this podcast with other charlotte hornets fans the easiest way our new website lockedonhornets.com. there you can download the podcast listen to our latest episodes and check out locked on hornets live on tuesdays at 6 p.m